absolute charm. Lord, sweet Jesus. Look at that. We thank you. From man on high. <laughs> yes. All the amens. All the amens. Uh, anchor gonna anchor sometimes, but it's okay. That's fine. We uh, worked it out, apparently. We're here. We worked it out. We're in the building. Right? In the building. All right, so just let me know when you're ready. Um, hold on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I like was like, well, like apparently this isn't happening, so I was taking my last time with what I was making, and then I couldn't really figure out what I wanted to eat, and I decided that I can't just eat French fries for dinner, so I'm gonna okay. eat French French fries and half an avocado. That's gonna be. That's going to be better. So we grab this and grab this. And there is a charger in the room. Grab that. Mama needs her lighter. I think, I think you should be able to eat and drink whatever you want. If you want to eat avocados, drink wine. Right. Well, no, I, I, I absolutely indulge in the idea of eating avocados because they're good fats. Thank you very much. What I'm saying is that I can't eat just French fries for dinner because I'm not a 12 year old boy anymore, right? Like you have to, you, even if you make them yourself, you have to be uh, like, all right, right? This is so. You said it. You, so, or did you just infer that at some point in your life you were a 12 year old boy? Um, I identify <laughs> a little bit as a 12 year old boy. No bullshit, because. Like, I'm into, like, I skim the world of, like, anime. Uh, I'm a huge sci-fi nerd. Um, I love reading YA. And usually in, in, not usually, that's not nice. But in a lot of the YA that I've read, you know, the girls are a little less. No, that's not true. What am I looking for? I don't know. I just want to, like, identify the boy sometimes. Why not? They live the life, those 13-year-old boys. They seem to be living, okay? More than anybody else. They seem to be having a great time of um, non I'm about, I'm about to have a 13-year-old boy, and I can say that he is living a wonderful life that I'm jealous of. Right. Um, he has two parents that love him, and they spoil the crap out of him. Right. Um, I only wish I got a tenth of what he got. Right. What he has. Living his little life. Exactly. All right, so we're gonna go ahead and get started. Just yep, yep. I am. Good. You got a good point. I am. I think I'm at a good point. I think I'm at a good point. I forgot a fork. I'm not at a good point. I'm not at a good point. I can't. You know, I feel like I want to leave all of it. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this is good background. If a person didn't know you and then they hear all of this, they go, "Oh, she's identifies a twelve-year-old boy. She likes anime and YA." I do. You know. I think that if they follow you on Instagram, they find some very interesting things. Um, right. I, I think I found the post that you posted. Uh, you, you posted something I found so interesting. You posted, you said every woman needs to have a girl partner at least once in their Absolutely. life. I don't know why you posted it, but Absolutely. I, I was like, I was like, I'm intrigued. I can tell you exactly why I, why I posted that because it was a statistic and who knows, who knows if the internet statistic was was right, but in my experience, it felt like it couldn't be wrong. It was like okay, give me the statistic. Give me the statistic. Uh, it was something along the lines of like eighty-five percent of women who, on their first date, sleep with women, reach orgasm. Yeah, uh, but it's like seven percent of women who sleep with men on their first date reach orgasm. And like ninety-nine percent of women reach orgasm when they do it themselves. So it's not about the women not being able to, right? It's about the partner that you have. Um, and I have been lucky enough to be able to explore my sexuality to its fullest um, or whatever that its fullest feels like in my life right now, where absolutely gets you a lady partner, right? The first orgasm that I ever had was from a woman. Somebody who taught me how to touch myself was from a woman. Um, she was, she, we, I was in college and it was, she was a couple of years older than me and it was fucking great. Right. And it wasn't, she wasn't the first woman that I had ever, um, like fooled around with or any of those things, but it was the first time that I had put 
words into understanding what was going on, right? That exploration time of college gave me the opportunity to understand what that was. It was just bumping uglies or excuse me, bumping beautifuls when I was in high school, right? I didn't know what the fuck was going on, right? But you're just like, ha, 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 touch, right? Like there's no, it's just feelings, but you are not feelings like, like literal feelings. You can put words into it as you get older. And I have never shied away from the fact that I am super into all of it, right? Like I like all of it. There's no, there's not, uh, you know, throw, throw so a scenario no, uh, at me and I'm with it. So, so, so you're not like the, oh, that's gay. You know, oh. you know, people like to say stuff like that. No, first but of all, that's stupid. Very, yeah, I have a very unpopular opinion about, about that for a lot of men that they don't really understand. The first time most men came is by themselves. Yep. They got themselves off. Yep. So the idea of a man got you off. You might have thought about a woman at some point in time, allegedly, but if you've never been with a woman and you touching yourself, it's the thought of yourself that got you there. Um, I think a lot more men would be a lot happier in their lives if they little let go of whatever the fuck they thought was gay and had a little fun because mm, repressed and shameful is running the sexual gambit right now and it's a shame it is an absolute shame just have fun in it who cares well, I think a if lot everybody of stopped people. giving a fuck it would it, i think we could move on right imagine what we could do if we stopped caring about what other motherfuckers were doing sorry i know this is well, the I, not cursing one my bad no but still but still i think you're making some very valid points that maybe some people might identify with because i think that a lot of men are very sexually repressed. Like, even some of the conversations I have with my male friends, or sorry, I want to say male. Men. The men, the men mm-hmm, that I mm-hmm. know. I appreciate you for that. Because I appreciate you for listening. I, I try. The men that I know, I know a few men that, you know, they came out, like, when we were, like, in high school and stuff like that. And I think that the reason why they were just so unhappy as these teenage boys is they couldn't be free and they couldn't be themselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that that's a struggle. I think that I'm at the point in life where I accept people for who they are and what they're into. I just don't care. I, I really don't give a damn uh, to care about uh, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Because I think that from a mental construct, that's another barrier for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I think that you got to figure out you and what makes you happy. Yep. Um, don't don't use um, religion to oppress yourself. Um, nope. The idea of religion to oppress yourself. Nope. I think I think what you have to do is you have to figure out who you are and who you who you believe you are. So you know, there's who you actually are, and then it's who you actually believe you are, and you mm-hmm. got to figure out which one's who. Um. Okay. Yeah, I think you just got to figure it out. That's why, because I can't say who's who's the real, who's the imposter and who's not. And I think why that's gotta be an, so, but So I, que- I question why there has to be a, an imposter, right? Some, so No, no, no. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes you truly are two different people. Mm. Or three. That's a lot of people. And so I will say, I hear that. But, and I, I, I think I can recognize that. But I also have, I can barely maintain the one that I have with all of the energy. No bullshit, right? Like I'm very, this is what you get. You get me the same person from the first time you meet me, depending, like I might be able to like code switch. No, that's not true. I can code switch. I am capable of doing something like that. But like, even in those spaces where I've had to, I take up enough space where people start to like adapt to me not adapt to me but like we meld well together regardless of the the person that I'm putting energy into or the the me that I'm putting energy into um mm-hmm. and I and I'm sure it has to do with a lot of the spaces that I that I come from right like I am on the hippier dippier side of life I uh, <laughs> am free love and all of these kinds of things and I recognize that I and from a, a bubble of acceptance, right? Like New York City, even in its own space of being 
in the fucking patriarchy and whatever racism, blah, 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 is still a bubble of acceptance, right? In, in a lot of the spaces. And it's, that's, and I'm learning, the one thing that I have actually, that I have to I reorient myself to is realizing that that's not, that's not a norm, right? Like it's not a norm to just be like, as a kid, I just want to touch, right? Like it doesn't matter who I'm touching. I don't give a fuck who that is. I'm just enjoying this part of this space. But people are so convinced that you're supposed to be touching a boy or you not even, and I don't mean that in like a gross way, but you're supposed to be, these are the things that you're supposed to do. And this is what's supposed to be happening and blah, 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 blah. I never cared. I actually, me and my mother used to be, and she, and, and that was very apparent too. And I was like, I'm not going to do that, sis. I don't, because uh, it takes a lot. It takes a lot that I don't have the energy. I'm, I'm caring. I'm putting all of my caring energy into me, into me. All right, well, let me, let me, let me pause you right quick. So mm-hmm. we're 11 minutes in, and I, I, and I feel so rude. The Southerner in me is itching. Like, literally, I'm itching myself know, right sorry. now. Because I got to introduce you first. And it's like, okay. I feel like we just kind of came on with all the energy. And I feel like we took people to three to four to five different places real quick. And they were probably <laughs> like, whoa, 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 right. this? All right, I'm sorry, so, friend. This so first off, first off, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever you, whenever you happen to be listening to this podcast. This is the GH2 podcast. I am Joy Parker Second. I'm joined by a very special guest, a very proud New York City resident. <laughs> God dang it. She made sure I said it with my chest. Uh, <laughs> we're joined by Miss Akasha. Hey. And, and Miss um, Akasha is going to be joining us on our conversation today. Miss Akasha, go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, so I figured it out <laughs> in the space of time that you gave me to do this. Um, so I am a native New Yorker. I'm 33 years old. Um, I'm from the Lower East Side. I love all things food to the point where I have a master's in food studies. Um, I have energy that takes up a lot of space. Um, I work, I try to give back to my community. Um, I really do give a shit. A little bit and if you at any point follow me on the internet you'll see that I try to get people to be involved um it really matters to me even though sometimes I wonder why um I'm a my my pronouns are she and her um I am a lover in what my sexuality is um I we were just having a conversation about boxes and I don't, it's not that I don't identify with the box. I, I just, it's my own box. Ha, ha. Um, and I think that's it. Yeah. So many puns. Right. Right. Um, well, but yeah. That's awesome. I, I don't, like, my program, my pronouns are he. <laughs> <laughs> I know. But we were having a conversation about it. Yeah. And I feel like sometimes I should incorporate that language into my language but mm-hmm. so welcome well, I, to I me think it's dope because you're the first you're definitely the first person that i've talked to who uh corrected me like i, I just want to let y'all know i said i said female and oh, yeah. um, she took me down a rabbit hole so now i know she's a woman uh yep. i will identify her i'm going to identify her as a woman and yep. she's going to identify me as a man yep. um, we are more than our that, sex organs that women are more than their sex organs i've definitely learned mm-hmm. that on today but mm-hmm. um, so this is if you turn this into GH2 podcast, you kind of know what we usually talk about here. This, this we're still going to talk about that, but we took a little detour. So, so me and me and Akasha, we were talking and we we uh, we connected on Instagram. Uh, it's probably a few months back where I started following her, um, and it was Lord. I think I started following her during quarantine, and mm-hmm. in quarantine. She would be at home working out because all the gyms were closed in New York City. And she would mm-hmm, be working mm-hmm. out, podcast blaring. Mm-hmm. Uh, can I correct that? I'm sorry. Can I okay, correct that? That's the radio. I have an actual radio. radio. Oh, wow. I listen wow. to WNYC 93.9 FM AM 820. Uh, I have an actual radio. So that's yeah, but, throwing that one out there. 
production call uh you asked me when I was when I it almost seemed like it when I chose to go to therapy um so Mm -hmm. when I chose to go to therapy and when I started therapy are two very different things um so I am a child of uh my my mother is a single mother um and I had at best a torn relationship with my father um and so I had hot issues. Your girl had issues growing up. Um, and so what my, my mother did, she put me in anger management, which turned into therapy for me. Um, and that started in maybe like seventh, eighth grade around. Um, and so I did, I did not mandated, like it wasn't like nobody was making me do it, but it was a good, it was like a suggested by my school social worker um, just to like, figure out what was going on with me um because I was a I wasn't a mess I was an asshole who was like lying about shit and getting caught up in some nonsense and like just this side of being like I was I maintained school like I was never a good student but I maintained school enough like I I pushed the boundaries, but just to the point where it's like, all right, she's, there's clearly something there. We don't know what it is. So I did anger management for, I was in anger management for like four years, I want to say. And then college, I got a therapist um, just to like kind of maintain what I was doing. Uh, And then I took a break from therapy from right after college through maybe like 28, if I reflect on that properly. Um, And it's not because I hadn't thought about it, but I, uh, there wasn't anything, I was coasting, right? From the the tail end of college to grad school almost, I was coasting in life. I I worked in academia, um, but but I was like an administrative administrative assistant. Um, So like I worked in academia, but it wasn't like, my brain wasn't being, you functioned the way that it should be to like grow or whatever they're calling it or something like, like I was bored. Um, but I didn't see that as a problem because I was young and in my twenties and I could afford to go to on vacation. And I was, I, I lived in like, I bounced around Harlem for a while. And then I was in Washington Heights. Um, and then I moved back to Harlem and I was just, I was having a good time and nothing was the matter. Right. Like I was, bouncing in and out of not bouncing in and out of relationships I was in a relationship um like those t- those ties were tying and like my friends group were tying and my family was good so like it, there wasn't something that was like oh uh-uh, you need to talk to somebody um and then went to grad school um got into grad school great doing well um I like quit my job I like I transitioned my career it was all of these things and uh, again that was all fine and then I uh, went through a really bad breakup. Um, and I wouldn't even say a really bad breakup. It was more like we pulled the Band-Aid off, like hair by hair kind of breakup, which just, yeah, it was fucking terrible. Like, I, I nobody knew that we had broken up until 
like months after we'd broken up. Like my family didn't know that we had broken up until like a year after we had, um, just because wow. like, yeah, yeah, no. So like we, it, and I didn't know how to deal with that. Um, and so I had my doctor, she asked me, she was like, Hey, do you need to see somebody? And I was like, the fuck I do actually. Yes. Thank you so much because I hadn't thought about it. Right. Like okay. I'm an advocate for therapy full stop, but I hadn't thought about it because I am a, my flaw is I suffer on my own. Um, and I like, and it used to be worse where like I was dealing with my own shit uh, or dealing with anger management, all those things. But I don't mind suffering by myself, especially as I got older, because I don't want to put that on anybody. Like, I don't feel like anybody should have to hold that when everybody's going through some shit. Um, so she asked me, she was like, do you want to see a therapist? And I was like, I absolutely do. Thank you so much. So for the tail end of grad school, um, I saw Stephanie. She was my therapist. She was my therapist at NYU. And it was a cumulative thing with me. So uh, I was going through a breakup. I was graduating from grad school. My grandmother had just been diagnosed with cancer. Um, and then some friends of mine, uh, they broke up. Um, like we were a, like a group of people. And so like, you know, trying to navigate that. And it literally felt like the structures of my life, my life had been pulled from under me and I couldn't figure out what the fuck was going on. Can I ask you a question? Always. Can I ask you a question? You're, so mm -hmm. with Miss Stephanie, your therapist, mm -hmm. which, did you, have you ever, which, like, tell me about Stephanie. Like, how, what made you pick uh, Stephanie as your therapist? I didn't. Or did you not have a choice? I didn't. Um... I didn't, I didn't get to choose her. It was because I was on student insurance. I kind of, I guess, rolled the die randomly, found this little woman. She was like this little white woman who listened to me, right? And like, she would listen to me about not just what was going on in my, in my romantic life, but listen to me what was going on in my fam familial life. Um, because my grandmother was, uh, I don't, she was the best person that I will ever know, <laughs> barring maybe my own children. And like, they might not even be able to live up to her. Right. Uh, because it's your, that's your grandma. Um, and so I could do, we could have a lot of different conversations and it wouldn't, it never felt like she was judging me or that she thought of me differently or any of these kinds of things. And really she was just there to help me talk things through because I talk to myself frequently. Um, but it's also because like, I like live by myself, um, but it, it helps to have somebody who's there who's just like, just trying to listen and is making an effort to regurgitate what you're saying exactly, right? And then not in a way to like, make me feel better, but to for me to actually get that you were hearing what I'm saying, and you're taking that information and helping me process it at, with tools that I don't have. Um, and she did that. She did that for me a hundred percent. At one point, I will never forget this. I went on a rant about um, uh, white girls um, because I okay. just, as a as a whole, I think it might have been about like Lena Dunham, and then and then it like spiraled out of control. And she looked at me. She goes, "Hey, you know, is it a problem that not a and not in like in a like a bad way?" She was like, "Do you like?" do you want to see somebody else? Do you like, do you feel comfortable with me being a white woman? And I was like, Stephanie, I literally don't give a fuck. I genuinely love the person that you are. And I mean that in the biggest all, you know what I mean? Like the biggest generalization, generalization as possible. Generalization. That might not be the right way I say it. Um, as possible. And like, and I was like, oh, Steph, some of my best friends are white. <laughs> um, and like, I'm mixed, right? My siblings are white. Um, I have black siblings and I have white siblings. So like, I don't, and I was like, I don't give a goddamn, I shorty. I really don't. You listen to me for an hour out of a week and I come out of this and I feel better. I, you could be anybody behind this. Um, and as long as your energy is good, I worked with it. Um, so that was Stephanie. And then, I graduated from school. Um, I no longer had NYU insurance. And then I moved to Hawaii and was kind of running from my problems and um, yeah, running from my issues that I was having all around me because it's easier to run than it is to deal with. Um, and I mean that not at all. 
um, had a great time in Hawaii. I moved home and everything that I had ran from um, was kind of compounding onto each other. Um, So I moved home. Right, exactly. Uh, I moved home and it was like the tail end of my grandmother's life. Um, I was super in a very toxic thing with my ex. Um, I couldn't find a fucking job. It was just like, it was a lot of things that were beating me up. And I saw somebody with my free insurance finally in January of 2018, um, just to like get me from, oh, this is a hard thing to admit. No, it's not because it sounds worse than it is. Um, so the reason, the God's honest reason why I went back to therapy in 2018 is because I started to understand why people, uh, like self mutilated, like I, it clicked to me why that, uh, why they would do it. Like I, for 30 years of my life, I was just like, I just, I just don't get it. Right. Like I just, I I could not, not to like shame them from doing it, but it's not something that I could empathize with. Um, and then something happened, like my brain clicked in tail end 2017, 2018. And I was like, oh, I get it. And then I was like, ooh, you need to go see somebody immediately. Um, so get, I did. What did you get in that moment? What did you get in that moment? Why they do it, right? The feeling of yeah. like no control over what's going on in your life. I couldn't find a job. I had moved home to my mother's house. I felt shame. I had spent, I was $189,000 in debt because I had spent so much in grad school and undergrad. Like I was the asshole that had to go to fucking private school. Um, My grandmother was dying, which was a lifeline that I never thought would go away. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So I was fucking like I was I was not in a good place I was not in a good place I was not like I went and I went and I spoke to somebody and I was like this is why right this is and if if it means that I'm here to talk to somebody for an hour out of my week to Mm -hmm. to voice this because you can't talk to yourself about self-mutilation like that that's you need to somebody you need to see somebody and it's not to say that I was doing it but I definitely got it and I was like that's a scary understanding to feel so, so out of control. I'm sorry to cut you off. So, so <laughs> was it more important for you to say it out your mouth or to be heard? Uh, it was more important for somebody to talk to me about it. I didn't give a fuck if I was so, if I was. It's a combination of me saying it and me mm-hmm. being heard, right? If I can yeah. converse with you about it, then it means that I am doing something about it. But if I'm just speaking and you're not hearing, or I'm you're just like talking to me and I'm not hearing you. It's yeah. not helpful. It is not helpful. Right. Um, and so I went and I was on the free insurance because I was on Medicaid. That's the one that uh, when you're unemployed. So yeah. I did that for a bit and then I got a couple of jobs and I was, I was hustling. I did it. I fucking, I got multiple things I was working on. And then I, I found, I found a full-time job. I got a therapist and I, I got my first black woman therapist. Her name was Dr. Grace. Um, and it was, she was amazing. Um, she was so very practical. Um, couldn't bullshit with her, which I'm good at. If you give me, if you give me enough like leeway, uh, I get a lot of, I'm, I'll, I'll talk my way out of things. I have no problem with just like talking fast enough and you can't really hear me and I'm all over the place and da da And she'd be like, are you done? Right, like you were doing this to dis- to move away from things because you think that we're not going to talk about it, and that's fine. But I'm going to call you on it. Um, so she called me on my nonsense. Um, she also, so I, between like 2018, 2019, I had like the way that my, uh, what I would qualify as depression, uh, presented itself. Kind of was I couldn't, like I was like I would clean up by myself and then I would go back to like just living in squalor right like it was just like shit and not like dirty stuff like I like like I don't leave food out or things like that but like if in my worst moments surfaces are just filled with things 
Like I use my floor as a surface. I use my desk as my desk hasn't been a desk for me to write on in four years. Like I just have stuff everywhere. And it's like when I'm feeling normal about myself, it's still compartmentalized. But when I, I can recognize when I'm not doing well, when it's just like, it feels like I'm wading through my own yeah. self. It's dragging me down. Yeah. It's kind of like you, you, your living space starts looking like your head. Like right. on the inside of your head. Yeah. And no lie, one of our sessions was a remote session. I had her on my phone and I just like cleaned my room while she was there. And then I was having a really hard time at work. Um, to the point where I was so stressed out that my body was breaking out in hives. Like I had decided months before that, that I was leaving, but I didn't do it with enough quickness and my body reacted. So I, yeah. and my body erupted in hives. Um, so what she did for one of our sessions was she said, bring her, bring your computer. We're going to write your cover letter. Cause you don't seem to want to do this right now. And you keep complaining oh. to me. So here's wow. your space to do this. Oh. Right. Yeah, Dr. Grace was awesome. Dr. Grace was awesome. But then she had a baby and then an emergency show. She had to leave the practice. Mm -hmm. Um, And I got replaced with Dr. Asian, man. What was his name? I only had him. I only had him for uh, for like a month or something like that because she had left and then I had left my job. So I lost my insurance. Um, But he and and uh, so she was a very practical therapist and he was just like, you like to deny things, right? Like I would sit in his chair and cry and try to like compose myself enough. And he was like, why? Like, what are you composing yourself for to look for who, right? Just let it go, right? You're not doing well. And it is okay to say that. It is okay to live in that yeah. space. Um, so that was- How did you react to that? His name was Dr. Ken. I just cried more. (laughs) That's a good thing, though, sometimes. That energy has to be released. Right. And it's not to say that I don't cry, but I do try to be like, I can can pull it together, right? Like, I I need to pull it together. And he was Mm -hmm. like, why are you pulling it together? For who? For what? For me? For you? We're not processing things. And I was like, okay, cool. Cool, 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 cool. So... He was my last therapist. That was in uh, 2018. Mm-hmm. And then I got a new job. Um, got a new job in 20... No, that might have been 2019. I don't know. Time. Um, I left, So I lost my insurance. Mm-hmm. And I kind of not processed through things, but like, you know, was riding the wave of being okay. Um okay. And I was fine, 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 fine. And then the, like this year, the beginning of this year, the tail end of last year. Oh, huh, I know what happened. So last year, not even my losing my job. Um, last year, my mom, she injured herself. Um, and if there's one thing that the women in my family will do, we will suffer in silence until it is detrimental. Um, and so she suffered in, si- in silence for a bit. Um, and I didn't, we don't live, to- we didn't live together. So I didn't see it. And I saw her um, and it had taken like a, a toll on her physical health. Um, mm-hmm. And it just, it like flashed me to my grandmother and she was having a really, a really hard time. So again, I sought somebody out because I was like, okay. oh, this sucks. Um, but the woman that I had wasn't really working. And because of quarantine, everything was tele. And like, yeah. I can do tele with somebody if, I know you right but it's hard to do tele off the jump um so but you know it's always something that I'm thinking about and like I am on free insurance so I have to limit my options what is the problem is that it's not that it's not available it's that the options are very limited um in terms of the people that are out there what how much time you get like it went like I did an intake, I did an intake in maybe December mm-hmm. and like, I didn't get a follow-up until like February. Well right. So like you get what you're paid for, which is mm-hmm. a shame, but it's the way capitalism works, but you, it's yeah. still available to you. But sometimes 
it doesn't work, right? Like sometimes it just doesn't work with your schedule if somebody is nine to five or if it's just, it's a shame because I think everybody would fucking benefit from it. I think everybody should go to therapy. Just go. What was the, what was your first aha moment where you were like, damn, therapy works for me? Like what's that, what's that first damn therapy works moment for you? Um, I think it's it what so I'm not good at uh split decisions and like things dawning on me, right? Like it yeah. takes a long time for it to build, but my so as I got older, my ability to communicate effectively, uh communicate my feelings effectively and not just do the most like I don't even know how to describe this but like I've learned I've learned how to regulate my emotions within myself um to the point where like I don't I don't react a lot to things and it's something that I actually pride myself in to it takes and you know I both pride myself could probably work on the amount of time that it takes for me to like process things and all of those kinds of things but it's because I'm thinking about it and it's because I've lived my life of thinking about it and trying to be I might overthink sure but I would rather always over than under um is how I think about it and I also and it's ironic because I also underreact because I just I I it takes a lot of energy to react to something positively or negatively and I'm I'm generally a very positive person generally um and I still react to things and have all these things but like when it when the shit hits the fan I Mm -hmm. think and I have to think about something I have to process what's going on I can't just be like and we have to be and like I'm not very good in emergency situations and I know that right (laughs) I'm just I'm not so so if we're getting chased by a mass murderer I I can't you know be like rocking with you I can't be like what do we do you can be like uh uh incorrect I do not know what to do I am, I am not afraid. So what I have I learned it. is that I am not afraid to say, I don't know. I don't know. It's not in my wheelhouse. I would love I to love learn it. about it. I'm not. I cannot. I, I think, I don't know if it comes from my experiences with being in therapy, but like, so when we first initially started this, you told me that you were going for success reasons I don't even know what the fuck that feels like like I only go for trauma things to the no, point where that's... I can deal with trauma th- no, no, maybe not and no yeah all trauma I was gonna say maybe not trauma but yeah was super well, super you, all trauma well you, well you know what the thing about it is though is I'll definitely tell you this if, if we were talking about 2016 therapy I was going for trauma I was going mm. for childhood reasons I was going for the somebody touched me reasons um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was going for the I'm a toxic piece of shit at times reasons. Um, I was going for those type reasons, right? But then I got better. Like I got better. Like, I, right. but it's more so I got better with myself. And yeah. now, now it's the anxiety of success. So I don't know what it looks like. Uh, I don't. I don't have that many. I don't have representations, positive representations of what success looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of my people that I look at for positive representation of myself, they had, they failed, and right. then they came up. So, so like for me now, like I have to always check myself to make sure that the sky's not falling, and I had to mm-hmm. get out of that. I had to get out of that mindset. Like, oh no, this is gonna crash. And I, I think that kind of like what you're saying, like you're still working through the trauma stage. You're still working through the bad feeling stage. But I, I, but I think that you'll get to the point where when you start dealing with the success every day, that's when you're going to, you, you know what I find out? It took me, it took me uh, nine years to work through my trauma as an adult mm. man. Mm-hmm, it mm-hmm. took me nine years 
to work through the trauma of uh, my mother and father's relationship, how I felt my father's relationship with me made me feel uh, my relationship with my mother, who I love. I'm a mama's boy, but she she did toxic. She said and did toxic things to me and to my my siblings, my older siblings. Like you know, I knew that I knew that they got whipped three to one. Mm-hmm. Well, hell, more than that actually, because I literally remember my mom beat me once, and that's because I kicked the back of her seat while she was driving on the and she pulled over the side of the road and beat me with a pro mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And and my dad beat me because I fell asleep doing doing math homework, studying. That, but but other than that, I've watched my brother and sister get whooped like goddamn runaway slaves with extension cords, belts, and all that. And you think that that stuff isn't traumatizing, but it's very traumatizing from a standpoint of why me? Right. But but then your parents say things mm-hmm. to you that make you feel like you're inadequate. You know, my father used to call me a dummy stupid he used to say that a lot and i don't think he was saying it to to lower my self-esteem i think he was just saying it because you know that's what his dad would say to him when he when he Mm -hmm. messed up right so i think that when you get to that point i think there'll, there'll be a point where the light will just go off and you'll be like you'll be like exactly how i was um this year, top of the year. Well, it wasn't even top of the year. It was the end of last year. It was like November last year. Me and Dr. Washington, we were, my doctor, my, my therapist, we were having a conversation, and I literally say to him, I say, uh, I'm only a therapy to, to learn how to deal with success. Is that weird? He said, no. He said, actually, he said, a lot of African-American men, that's a problem. Yep. <laughs> And I was just like, yo, is this the dumbest reason in the world for somebody to be in therapy? He was like, no. There's no dumb reason to be in therapy in any way, shape, or form. There's no dumb reason. Like, the stigma of, like, having... So, I... It's funny. I tried to do couples therapy with my ex, right? Mm -hmm. And it was... First of all, she didn't pronounce my name right. So, that sucked. Um... Uh, and he would correct her, I would correct her, and just it just didn't fucking matter. Um, but we went, and she was like, well, why did you want to come here? And we, I explained to her what the issue was, and I was like, the problem is that I thought that we should have been going to couples therapy all along, not because we had issues, right? But, like, we were doing really well, right? So, like, why don't we celebrate this in a space where somebody doesn't give a fuck? This person doesn't care about us. So, and and I was like, I, I think of it more of like checking your car every, what is it, 100,000 miles or something like that to make sure everything's good. I'm not saying we have to go all the time. I'm not saying that it was like, oh, God, we need to go there because you stuff. But no, who the fuck knows what's going on, right? Like, I can't even sit here and pretend to imagine that I can be all of the things to this man and then he can be all of the things to me and I can be all of the things to myself and he can be all the things to himself, and nobody is burning at a thousand ends, right? And it's not a bad thing, right? Like, I was madly in love. It was beautiful and all these things. I didn't want to go because I was like, oh, my God, there's so many things that I can't talk to him about. No! I was just, like, an advocate of therapy from young, clearly from young, to be like, sometimes it's nice to have a conversation with somebody and maybe have maybe have a conversation that you haven't been having, right? Because mm-hmm. who knows what you're gonna fucking learn? Who knows? Um, but yeah, and yeah. So and she was like, "Well, that's not how therapy works." And I was like, "Oh God, you are the fucking worst. You are the <laughs> oh, absolute God. worst." But you know, Man. it's from a place of old school. You know, you're only going for your issues. Nobody wants yeah. to celebrate. Nobody wants to figure out how to deal with the good stuff. Because you still have to deal with the good stuff, right? It's, yes. So I uh, am an advocate for saying that love and hate have the same emotion, right? It's just how you process that. It's how you are emoting that. They, they take as much energy. They, they, they take so much energy. 
but it's just how you process it. Yeah, I really feel like you just said a a lot just then. Like, you really just Mm -hmm. said a lot. Because I think that the struggle, the struggle is, is that, you know, honestly, we have to learn the process good and bad. I think Mm -hmm. that, I think that the trauma, the trauma that comes from the bad, we, we don't know how to process it. And I think sometimes the bad process through it on how not to repeat it. Mm-hmm, and that's mm-hmm. where I find myself with my bad is how do I not repeat this? Like, you know, I believe in generational um I believe in generational healing. I believe I believe that just like you could say there's generational curses, there's generational healing. Um you could say that, you know, hey, for four generations we dealt, you know, we got the same we got we lived in the same projects, we lived in the same slums, we lived in the same ghetto. But then also they can also say for four generations we had wealth and we had this. But the problem is a lot of times is we think it's so insignificant when we have failure or we have success. I think mm. sometimes when we go to therapy we figure out we, we can hear ourselves say why the things bother us. Because sometimes I think that's the struggle. Why does this bother me? Hmm. Like, one of my favorite things is that me and my therapist do is we, we do this thing, and, and I love it. Um, so I suffer from anxiety. Um, and I have anxiety of irrational. I have irrational fears. So, okay. what me and my, so what me and my therapist do is we ask ourselves three questions. And my anxiety goes away after I ask these three questions. So the first question I ask is, what's the problem? Right? And I I think that that's easy. It's really not. Because you might say your problem is, um, let's say, job promotion, right? Mm Mm-hmm. So is that really a problem? Like what, what? What? Why am I putting so much on the promotion? Let's let's talk about that, George. Are you putting in the work every day? Are you doing the things to show your value to the company? When you when you kind of go through that, you kind of go, oh shit, that, excuse my language, that might not be a problem. And then the second thing is, second question we ask is, why is it a problem? Right. Well, if it's a problem because I need a raise because financially I haven't been a good steward over what I have, that means I have a different issue. You know, I shouldn't be worried because I created something. I created a different issue for myself. Right. And so, okay, I'm worried about the promotion. I It's really not about the promotion. It's about me. And the, maybe the issues I put myself in. So when I ask myself why it's a problem, I'm actually being honest with myself to what my actual real problem was. Right. And then the third question: Is it my issue? <laughs> now, sometimes when you ask yourself, "Is it my issue?" What you're going to find is nine times out of ten, it's not even your issue. It's super not. It's super not. So so when you sit there and you do that, when you ask yourself those questions, like, I feel like a world beater. Like, I I tell people all the time, like, with all of the the skills, I believe in talk therapy. Talk therapy is wonderful. Um, Mm -hmm. I've been off off medication for the last five years. Um, And this is coming from a person that, you know, for a little bit, they had me on Lexapro as you know, I have borderline personality disorder, so they were like, oh, man, you're crazy, or you're this, mm-hmm. or that. and I'm not. Mm-hmm. I'm just no. a regular person who um, sometimes I become probably a little bit more irritated faster than most people. Mm. So You I emote? You might have myself. an emotion or two? That yeah. might not be in the, in the boxes that they want you to be in? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah I don't live in your boxes. So, I think that what you were just talking about, though, is just so powerful about the energy that it takes to deal with those bad feelings and to deal with those good feelings. And I think that 
the reason why the bad feelings are such a suck is because if, if a lot of times the bad feelings we have, if we remove society from it, if we remove the context of the social aspect of, you know, the dynamic of our families and stuff like that, and we just put ourselves in a box with our quote unquote problem. It's not a, a real problem. Nope. And, and the problem is a lot of times it's how people make us feel about our, and I'm doing air quotation marks, our problems. So you just kind of like just woke me up for a second to the fact of the energy that we expend dealing with these bad problems. It's just the same as dealing with the good ones. It's just, it's just I, I'm taking on extra things while I work through my problems. Mm-hmm. That's what gives you the pressure. Yeah, it's the, it's easier to, um, oh, what is it like? Beat up on yourself than it is to celebrate yourself, right? Like, oh gosh, it's this weird. We don't talk enough and I say we being like myself being the people that are around me like society um, I guess the crew that I run with or it's not even the crew that I run with it's just like I it's easier for me to seek out somebody else to talk to when something is going wrong right And and it's super easy for me to celebrate by myself when something is right but I don't put in that same like want to be with somebody to figure that out but when you should right like we should celebrate all things and the irony of it all is that I am very good at doing that for other people like um I I, I like to say I can pep talk you into tears because I love you so much and I absolutely believe in every single fucking accomplishment that you have ever had in your entire life and you super deserve to be in this space because I know some amazing people who we don't celebrate enough of and so I have no problem doing that for them but I have a hard time doing that for myself and I know that um, and, and it's something that I'm working on but you know sometimes it's hard to do that when it just feels like there's nothing to fucking celebrate. And it's not even that there's nothing to like feel sad about. There's just nothing to celebrate. So like sometimes it feels like I'm just living in the space of neutrality of we're just moving. Like for a while, I just felt like I'm moving with no real purpose. Um, And so that doesn't, that super for me is when I was like, oh, you need to talk to somebody because it helps you to get out of that fog a little bit. And like, your friends love you, so they're gonna they're gonna tell you nice things. Maybe things that are honest, but still nice things. Um, sometimes you need somebody else to just be like to help you wade through the garbage um, that is happening. Sometimes you need a therapist that is uh, gonna sit on Facetime with you and help you clean your space or something like that. <laughs> I but I but she and I would also celebrate my small my wins at work or something like that when I felt like I wasn't doing right, right? So, like, yeah. it wasn't just I was just there to be like, yo, Dr. Grace, this shit sucks, girl. <laughs> I was like, sometimes I was like, oh, my gosh, this happened. And then I did this, and she was like, cool. And it's nice to have somebody just to, like, bring it all the way back to be neutral with no give a fuck, right? Like, yes, I'm sure she's getting paid to to listen to me and that's great Shuri's helping me out with no strings right like I would go to therapy at 8 o'clock in the morning on 8 o'clock in the morning Friday mornings was my therapy time get it out of the way we would have an end of the week wrap up go into my week my weekend feeling great I'd have my little after therapy treat I had a CBD latte and (laughs) it was delicious and either a donut or a bagel um, with all the things that I like on it. Um, and that, and then I would go to work and I would have my weekend. Um, and it was, it was, I mean, I wish 
more people um, were okay with people in their business, I guess. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because so where I like to think, where I no, what I think is ironic sometimes a little bit is the stories of people who like lie to their therapists or mm-hmm. don't tell them everything. And you're like, for what? Because you are paying this person to listen to you, right? So they might yeah. as well listen to your whole story and not whatever you think they want to hear because that's okay. not going to help anybody out um, at all. So that's the Man, I, look, look, I believe you got to make your therapist feel uncomfortable at least once. I feel like you're not really living if you ain't making your therapist feel uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> Like, come on now. Like, you, you sit right. there and go lie to this person. Don't cap for this person. Right. Just, Why? Just just have a moment. Because, cause like, this is what I tell people. I love my th- I love my therapist. But I know that I've told this man more than I've told my even family members. Mm-hmm. Um, I've told, I told my therapist more than I've told any woman I've been in a relationship with. You know, so it, it's like, I think that, you know, I think you, you, you hit it on the head where you said, you said, you know, it's like, why lie? Like, I, you know, it's hard. It's hard to just have people in your life, genuine people in your life that don't judge you. Like one of my, well, my, by far, probably I'll say we haven't talked, me, me and my closest friend, we haven't talked in probably about two years. Um, since he since he got out of prison, no nothing crazy or funny. It's just I'm in a I'm, I'm in a space in my life, and you know the thing that I appreciate about him and I love about him is I can literally say whatever is on my mind, mm-hmm. and he'll just be like, "Yep," but he can also do the same with me. And I think that the problem is it's kind of like you said the reason why. Um, people get offended about the 33 genders is because people can't mind their business. <laughs> <laughs> people can't mind their business and people just can't be supportive to allow people to do right. whatever the hell it is they think right. they will place on this earth to do. Right, right. And, yes. and I think that the pressure, the pressure of society and like even like for me, like I'm, I'm six foot six, six foot five, six foot six. I play college basketball for one year, I played college football for a couple of years or three years, I can't remember, whatever. But I tell people all the time that, you know, one of the dopest things I love to do is my students to see me and they say, Mr. Hardy, you're so big. Why don't you, why didn't you play in the NFL? And you know what I tell them? And it feels so freeing to say, I wasn't good enough. People, people have a hard time just being honest with themselves like that. Like, I, my son, oh, man, I got to say this. I got to say this. I got to tell somebody. My son, my 12-year-old, about to be 13-year-old son, my namesake, he goes, Dad, I have two siblings that are the same age, and they're not from my mother. Mm-hmm. Did you cheat on my mother? And I said, yes, your father committed adultery. This is when he was 10 years old we had this conversation. Do you know, having that conversation with my son, me and my son are by far, I feel, I feel like, I'm going to go ahead and say this, I have a child ranking, I have a kid ranking, I have no problem (laughs) telling my kids that I rank who's my favorite. And it changes day to day. But I tell my son, I told my son, I said, his ability to speak with me directly mm. is why me and his relationship will always be tight. And when he has ex- his experiences, wait, like, hold on, um, we'll always be toxic? Tight. We'll always be tight. We'll always be okay. tight. Okay. Cool, 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 so, cool. I was like, wait a minute. Hold yeah, on. Okay. Yeah, wait, yeah, yeah, nah, I hear it. So, right. like, even, like, even like from a standpoint of he had an experience that his mother lost it. So he created a uh, he created a he, he went on a dating website and he created a profile for himself. 
and he decided to make his profile picture a picture of his penis. Jesus. And I had to have a conversation with my son about it and his mom. You know, we had a conversation. And she, was, Of course, she was very upset, like mothers are, and I was very upset as well. But when me and him talk about that now, we talk about it now from a standpoint of why it was a bad idea. Mm-hmm. We don't speak about, like, from anger or anything like that. And now me and his relationship, because of, you know, I have serious conversations with him. I talk to him about adultery. I talk to him about my decision-making. And when I talk Mm -hmm. to him about his decision-making, it puts my son in a place to where some of the conversations I know me and him have had, he'll never have with his mother. And I can't tell her all of his business, so to say. No. Because that's the reason why me and his relationship is the way it is. Just right. like how my daughter with her, there's some conversations they're going to have that I'll never be privy to. Right. But yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, it's yeah. one of those things where you need as many people in your corner as possible that you can have honest, forthright conversations with without them judging you, without them telling you how you're wrong or uh, my favorite living in the South, you're going to hell. I think that what you need is you need as many relationships where somebody can love you through a quote-unquote bad decision. Without them defining it as a bad decision, you have to pay for the bad decision. I don't need three people telling me something that I did was a bad decision because I'm going to be my worst critic. I'm going to beat myself up the most. So I think that a lot of times, a lot of times, you know, we end up in therapy really not for what we did is about how other people made us feel about the things that we did or the lack of the lack of uh, you know the lack that came from it or why we we were we made the decision and different things like that so I just think that a lot of times uh, something me and you talked about earlier before we even got on this podcast if people just minded their own business mind yours and if you don't want to be supportive of your people you call your friends, your loved ones, shut the hell up and leave them alone. Because you don't know what type of anguish you're going to put them through. Yeah. You don't know what type of anguish you're going to put them through because you decide to put your little bit of care into the world. It's. I, so I was talking to a friend of mine this weekend. Actually, my friend's, uh, my friend's husband, we were talking about the idea that people have such a problem with other people doing other things. Like it affects them. Why does it affect you? Why? Like you, this person living their life is not taking away from anything that you're doing, right? Not a single lick, but you feel some kind of way. Poor Kay. But Okasha, you know, a lot of people think they're the moral compass for the world. Listen, let me tell you, this we this we've been on this, we've been talking for an hour. I mm-hmm. could rant to you for another hour about how humanity has fucking failed and how I fully believe that we should give another species the opportunity to evolve and that we should just all perish. But that's my own weird space <laughs> that I'm in because are you aware that we have created plastic garbage in space that they have to figure out a way to fucking clean? Yes. It's outrageous. And we want to go to Mars and colonize other places? No. We destroyed the planet and are like, oh no, we need to find somewhere. No. You sleep in the bed that you shat in, okay? No. We don't deserve it. But that's a whole nother rant that I could go on for literal hours. From food (laughs) to water, to plastic. Like, it's to animals. Akasha, Mm. I've loved everything about this experience. Me too, dude! I know, we gotta do this again. So, this is is what I want you to do. I want you to tell all the wonderful people how can they find you on uh, social media, what's your email contact if they want to speak to you, because you're very insightful, like, to the point where I literally, you are daily viewing for me on Instagram and I, I hate that I'm saying that but <laughs> I, I just I just like the fact that one you don't think like me 
two, two, you give me different insights. Um, three, on top of that, you do it from love. You do it from like really a loving place. Um, yeah. You know, even from some of the, the <laughs> every once in a while when you, when you might have a, a rant about the blind deal. Yo, he can uh, eat. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> even when you do, so I'm do honest. That. It's still right? from love. Like I, it's still from love. Right. Absolutely, and I don't mean that in in like a mean way. Like I don't malicious. I don't maliciously mean it. But like I'm not gonna call these people that we theoretically elect. I'm not gonna call them on their bullshit, right? Mm-hmm. Like you are there. Because we wanted you to be there. So do what you're supposed to be doing. Again, another rant that I could go on. But um, you can find me on Instagram. Uh, it's Miss underscore Nelm. So it's M-S underscore N-E-L-M-S. Um, and then on Twitter, I am Tash Nona. So uh, my Twitter got suspended or I'd be able to rattle this off to you much faster than I'm currently doing. Um, but my Twitter got suspended because I uh, insinuated that Ted Cruz could uh, fall up the Capitol steps and shatter his knees. And Twitter was like, nope. And that was in January. And I still can't get into my my Twitter account that I had since two I've had that Twitter since I was in college, and they were oh, like, no. "Nah, suspended." I think nah, indefinitely because we're in down. May. Mm, right. Well, no. I thought Sit you, I thought down. You tweeted. I thought she tweeted. I do. Recently. So I have a new Twitter. I was, I was, uh, I was trying to find the name for it because I forget. I forget if it was Kasha or Kashnona. So it is Kashnona. Um, it's okay, at K A S H N O N A on Twitter. Um, and then. Yeah, if you want to email me, DM me because I am fun employed, so I do a lot of stuff on the internet. I'm available. <laughs> Man, how you said that? But but the thing is, I really feel like I feel like you don't have to go anybody go into anybody's job because I really feel like there's so many different things that you could be doing with your words alone that I don't think my good sir then can we have a conversation about this because apparently I am unemployable and again this is another rant that I can go on because a a good sis is having a hard time finding a job in the field that she's paid a lot of money to say that she's qualified in but that's that's neither here nor there I right I said neither here nor there I'm I'm disagreeing I'm just I'm just in the zone and I'm agreeing with you all right, so here's, okay. the thing. here's the thing, man. Good times. I have loved every moment of this. I just want to tell y'all, I thank you so much for joining us on the GH2 podcast. And I had so much fun. Yes, and you will be hearing this young lady voice again. I'm looking forward to the launch of her podcast. Do we have a name for it yet? No, because I'm, I'm overthinking things, okay? We talked so, about this like a half hour ago, but I yeah. got you. I got you. I'm so, in it to win it. I'm trying. So, so I'm looking That's forward cool. to that because I look forward to plugging that on the GH2 podcast. I look forward mm-hmm. to tweeting about it. I look forward to listening to it. Um, I look forward to following you and seeing what hijinks you're going to get into on Instagram. <laughs> yes! Shenanigans and foolery. <laughs> All of that. 85% of my Instagram, okay? So like yeah. I do, I'm an informed voter. Um, I do talk a lot about political things, and but I do and shenanigans and foolery. So, yes, here for it. She with it. She with it. So with that <laughs> being said, we thank y'all so much for joining us on the GH2 podcast. Uh, this is GH2. We were joined by Mr. Kasha Nelms. God bless y'all. I love y'all. Y'all have yourselves a good one. God bless. Goodbye. Thanks, friends.